Welcome to another episode of Insight with Ayo. Today I'm joined by the co-founders of STS, which stands for Salute the Streets. Um, today they'll be telling us how they started the community project, why they did it, and you know, giving some tips and advice for anyone that actually wants to start their own community project. So initially I'm joined by Matthew and Chris. Um, I'll just let them introduce themselves and you know, give us some insight as to who they are, first and foremost. Thanks for joining, lads. Thank you, thank you, Ayo. Thanks for having us. Um, my name is Matthew Shabande. So I'm the project leader for the STS Community Project. Um, I've been involved. My, my background is coaching, coaching football, and I've been coaching football now for 14 years. Um, I was project managing um, at a uh, with an organization um, for about three years. And now, you know, we have our own projects that we're running called SDS Community Project. So, yeah, that's me in short. <laughs> and uh, Chris? Yeah, my name is Chris Oriwale, and I'm the SDS Community Project Community Coordinator. And I've been in the sports and fitness industry for over 10 years. Um, my role is pretty much the liaise with the parents, with the kids, and to basically get an influx of volunteers coming in. Um, I'm also a qualified personal trainer, and I've been doing that within the community um, for at least easily about six years. So um, probably coming to seven years now. So yeah, so I've been, my background is very sports and fitness related. Fantastic. So <clears throat> what I want to know is, what is STS? And, you know, why did you actually start a community project? Um. What is STS? Good, good question. What's STS Community Project? Um, I mean, there, there's there's so many answers to that, <laughs> to, <laughs> to that, to that, to that, to that question. But I'm start. I'll start with this. You know, th th there's a whole background to it, but I'll stick to the football or the sports aspect of it. Um, what it is is just basically we looked at it from a perspective of you know there's a there's a lot of talents. Do you understand that come from the environment that we we come from, which is basically you know Peckham, southeast London, you know the yeah. south southeast London area. So if you're living in inner city London, southeast London, you you would know that there's a lot of talent. Peckham, Elephant and Castle, Oakham Road, Camberwell. There's so many talent that comes from there, and the community project is just about um us engaging with our community. You know, one of the things that we looked at is how we want to develop the leaders or help to enable our leaders within our community that already have these qualities and how we can help support that. So that's where the Salute the Streets come from. It's about saluting the talents within the streets or within the environment that we come from and creating a community of people that come together and push forward to help develop leaders. That's what Salute the Streets Community Project is about. Nice. And when... How, and how was this idea birthed? Because it's a very unique idea in the sense that most people, you know, when they want to start something, they always look to start something that's, you know, very profitable and it's just going to make money. <laughs> mm. So to start a community project is different. You know, not many, if anything, you, you tend to hear, you know, people, maybe they're just doing a project for university for like a, you know, some sort of assessed work, mm. but, is you guys have really ran with, you know, building the community, but without actually looking at any sort of financial gain, if that makes sense. So I just wanted to know why, you know, what would cause you and push you to do that? Um, 
many, many, many things. Many, many things. Um, so these are these are really good questions because there's just so much to, to cover with that. Um, what what caused us to do it? I think the the simple thing is is the love of it. You know, you got. I think you got to start with just loving to work. For me personally, and myself, me, me and Chris, I think one of the common things that we have is we love to help people. That is, it, it starts with that. You understand? You know, we love mm. to, we love to be in a position where we can be of assistance or be of support or help people. I mean, like you know, um, like I said, I've been coaching for a number of years, and the reason why I got into coaching was just to be able to you know, help to develop young players, however way I can develop them. That's one of the reasons why I got into coaching. So that just, that idea turning into, from coaching to coordinating, to become a supervisor, to them being a program manager, the fundamental of that never changed. I just want to help people. (laughs) Do you understand? I just want to be, do you understand? It never changed. I just want to be in a position where I can basically help to develop people. So that's the, that's, that's the main aspect of it um obviously as things develop you know you start to compound on different things so with 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 the love of it comes then the ability or the wants to see how you can put people in positions you understand so we looked at it from a perspective where like you know can we create something that not only helps somebody but helps to um spur them on to a position so okay. there's a little bit more than just but you gotta start with love i hope that i hope i hope that's making sense but that's that's really the essence of it is we enjoy what we do we love what we do and um we have a passion for it for what we do but when we when the idea came i'd already been working in a um with a community program or in a, I'd already been program managing a program for a long time. And I've been working with that company for at least about a good 13, 13 years before an right. unfortunate circumstance occurred, which was the club being made redundant. So it was after the okay. club was made redundant. Um, I then approached Chris, who was already working with me as a coach anyway. And I just basically pitched an idea to him Um and it, everything just linked. It, it just connected. <laughs> Do you understand? It just connected yeah. because it's something that we'd already been doing. So we'd already been doing a lot of these things that we're doing now with the company that we were with anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And Chris, when, when Matthew approached you and pitched this idea to you, you know, what was your response? Were you sceptical? You know, was it a thing of... Mm, but was the money in it or was it a thing of, you know what, I actually like what you're saying. Like, what was your response? Um, initially, of course. I think initially my response was um, yes, but it was only yes, just to piggyback off what Matthew said, we're already, we're already doing it. So it was very oh. easy for, for us to now transition into a, another entity and call it STS Community Project. And there's two parts to this question. Um, the first part is why we, you know, why we transitioned. There was, a, you know, there was an issue with the club that we was in, and then we left that, and then we now started with SDS Community Project. Why did we call it SDS Community Project? SDS, SDS itself started 2007, and that was literally us basically 
using um, a DVD to, to showcase up and coming talent. So that's where, and then we hit Sleek Streets because it was, it started off with music. So that's how we all, that's how the name Salute Streets actually started. That's the heritage of us basically going around the four corners of London and showcasing up and coming talent. So now what we've now done is that we've changed the narrative and now we call it STS Community Project. Reason being, because 10 years later now, we're now in a position of working with people in our community. So, mm. so it's only right for us to now change the name to STS Community Project because it's something that we started with in 2007 and then in 2017, we, had, we, we thought, do you know what? We know 300 kids, we know over 26 coaches within the community. We've got these resources. Let's come together and let's do something to develop leaders within our community. And that's why it's more than just a monetary game. Um, it's more about um, having impact and change. Yes, it's a business. Yes, it's an organization. Yes, we do want to make money from it. But the, the ultimate aim is, at the end of the day, is to always change and impact. So when we're not here, you know, it's a, it'll be a generation thing where people from the from our actual community will be the ones that are running it. So it's a legacy thing. This is this is all about creating a legacy and creating a a, a impact in our community that hasn't really been done and executed in a long in a long time. Um, yeah, I'll keep it like that. Okay. That's really understandable. And now, one of one of the things that you know people don't really mention or you don't really get insight to is what it's like to run a business as a co-founder. So most people, when they think about starting a business, they just think, right, I'm starting my business and it's my business alone. But in this scenario, not only is it a community project, but you're also co-founders. So just give us some insight as to what that is like, you know, maybe some pros and cons of that. Sorry, could you ask that question again, please? So the question is, what is it like to have a business as a co-founder? And what are the pros and cons of that? Okay, well, you see, we we we're not we're not set up as a business. We're set up as a um, non-profit organization. So the setup of that, a business is is looking at how it can sort of like gain and you know um, change, you know, flip money. Do you understand? And basically make it, yeah. make make a profit at the end of a financial year. That's that's yeah. a business. Do you understand? So our thing is more about it's a non-profit organization yes um in in some aspects of it and the so how, how a non-profit organization work is you know it's it's sole purpose isn't to make profit do you understand it's not to make it's not to make profit at all do you understand so a lot of the things that we do i mean myself and chris have had to put our own money do you understand into okay. doing into doing a lot of the things that we're doing we're putting our own money so so I work as a sports therapist. Chris works as a um, personal trainer. So we make our own money outside of what we're doing with STS Community Project. And then what we then do is basically we put our money into what we're doing. So a lot of the things that anybody sees us doing is purely coming from the work that myself and Chris have probably thought, oh, yeah, let's put this money into it. Now, that's not taking away the fact that there are some aspects of it that helps. So, for example, when we have, um, we subsidize the cost of what the what the kids or the parents will pay. Do you understand? In order for it to make it affordable, 
And depending on with the money that comes in after you've paid the pitch cost and everything, all the all the all the stuff that allows us to be able to you know run the program, whatever is left then goes back into the program. Just that it'll go back into the program for us to be able to do what we're doing within the program. Um, so there isn't any there's 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 no profit at all from it. So you know I've got to be very careful when we mention business because it's not a business. It's a set, it's set up as a non-profit organization and that's that's essentially where it is is nothing else so yeah thanks for saying that because at least you know anyone listening will understand that there's a clear distinction between a business and a non-profit and they can't be the same thing so you know for for the people that are out there that have maybe an idea you know of of a non-profit of their own what are some of the practical steps that you know you had to do in order to accomplish what you've accomplished um what what are the type of things that we had to do in order for us to be able to get a non-profit organization yes okay so like if somebody was sitting at home listening to this saying right i want to start my own version of sts you know i want to do something for my community what would they have to do um that's that's a good question one of what the, the the main the main thing you got to do with with a non-profit organization is you need to have a committee yeah, you need to have people that you're sort of accountable to. Yeah, so so a non-profit organization is is accountable to its committee. Do you understand? So its committee are the ones who would um, you know, sort of they 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 would look at what it is that we're doing on the ground. So for example, myself and Chris are the ones, although we're the ones who've come up with the plan and the idea and everything. But they'll still look at it to just ensure that we are following the tracks that we have laid. It's just keeping us accountable. So you need to have a committee, but you need to have very proactive committee members. That's what I mean. So you need to have people that are looking at your safeguarding aspect because safeguarding is huge when you're working with young people and and all vulnerable adults. So safeguarding is a massive thing. Um, You need to have a constitution. Um... You need to have your constitution. You need to have a um, an account, so an, an account where you've opened an account. So these 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 are things that you need to do as you would as you would if you were to if you were running a business. Just that, but you need but rather than having board members, what it would look what it would be in a business, you're having committee members, which are different. So they're your safeguarding, they're your chairman, they're your your clubs, your 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 secretary. They're, you know, the yeah. accountants, but they're, they're the people that are, they're all voluntary. These people are all voluntary based. So they're not um, doing anything they're doing to receive or to have any monetary gain. There's no monetary gain involved right. in it at all. Everything that everybody's doing is all voluntary. And that's one of the, that's one of the um, beautiful things about working as, or working under under a non-profit organization umbrella the beautiful thing is that you are able to attract people who just want to give from you know the resources that they have they want to be able to give and mm. offer their resources just and so that that's a that that's a real plus about working with a non-profit organization so these are the things that people have to consider just that you've got to consider the the committee members that you're speaking with um and they've got to be proactive You've got to be proactive about the types of committee members that they want to sort of involve with. Fair enough. And 
um, just something for, for, for Chris to touch on. Um, what, you know, when people are starting things and building things, you know, they, they tend to build it on the, the end goal, you know, on the vision. You know, they imagine the, the thing that they're doing, you know, to be really glamorous in the end and, you know, to be as, you know, prolific as they, they, they wish for it to be. But what people may not consider is the challenges and obstacles that will be in the way. So, you know, looking back now, you know, given that you've been doing this STS program for a while now, what are some of the the mistakes or some of the challenges that you came across that, you know, maybe you could warn someone out there that wants to start their own project, you know, to look out for, if that makes sense? Um, to be honest with you, I actually think trial and error is actually good. Um, and another thing I was going to say, just to touch on what Matthew was saying, is um, a business is more based on monetary gain. And the mentality to open, to have a business is that you want to make money from it, ultimately. To start a coastal organization, you want to actually impact change. And you don't actually want to generate money from it. You want to use the money that you get to impact your community. So, so the mindset behind that is, is two different mindsets. So that's just to answer that. And then secondly, um, the, the the pitfalls and the stuff that, that you find if you're if you're going to start about a bunch of organization is that you have to mentally say to yourself, I'm not doing this to make monetary gain. You so you have to have that from the get-go in your mind. And then secondly, um you need to understand that if you're going to if you're going to start this, you have to have people that are like-minded, that actually really okay. want to volunteer their time out of the kindness of, of, of their heart to actually create change and create an impact in the community. Um, that's the second thing. Thirdly, um, I would say, you know, you need to have somewhere where you can actually showcase the service or product. You need to have a base where people can actually go to. Um, fourthly, it's, it's, it's an ongoing network. You have, to, you have to keep proactively networking. And if you don't do it, you're not going, you're not going to get out to the masses. So even what we're doing right now, this podcast, this is an ongoing network that we keep doing. And what I would say to anyone that wants to start a bunch of organization, that wants to start a, a CIC, which is a community um, interest company, uh, if you want to start a social enterprise, networking is key. Talking to people, asking people different ideas about how to start this key. It all starts from relationships. So I think trial and error is the only best way of how you can, um, how you can get to where you want to get to. But the most important thing is networking and talking to people and getting people on board that are like-minded. Okay. And, and and Matthew, just to, you know, touch upon that, just to see what your opinion is, you know, Chris rightly mentioned, you know, networking. Now, when, you know, some people that are listening, you know, when you say the word networking, the first thing they think of is a networking event mm. or something like that. You know, what, when, when you know, and for what, advice would you give in terms of you know how to network where to go to network what how, like what's the best way to network especially when you don't necessarily have something to offer because that might also be yeah. like an obstacle for people yeah. where it's like i want to network but what am i going to say to this yeah. person i have nothing to offer them and really and truly mm. i just want something mm. from them interesting um <laughs> net net you see net networking is I think sometimes I think sometimes we're complicated, and I probably did this myself for for a few years. So, for me, like I said, I've been in my environment, coaching, program managing 
for at least 14 years. So I've been networking from the very beginning. There's a lot of, there's a lot of young people now that I used to coach when they were 10. And some of them are now 22, 23. Do you understand? And you may say I was coaching them, but I was actually networking with them because you're building a rapport with those individuals. But you don't know that you're building a rapport with those individuals, okay? Because you're just doing what you enjoy doing. So that's, that's one aspect of it. So I think where you find yourself, whatever it is that you're doing, you are networking. So if you're working in a supermarket and you're, you, have a, you have a colleague in that supermarket and you guys get along, you're networking. If you are a fitness instructor or personal trainer, you're networking with your clients and your fellow personal trainers. You're constantly networking. So where you're at, you're networking. You just got to, it's a, I think network is a mindset. I think it's a, it's, I think it's a mindset thing. I think you've got to, you've got to be open-minded to wanting to share your ideas or wanting to share a part of yourself with people. And you've also got to be open-minded to letting, to, receiving people as well that that's that's how i see it and i think once people understand that you're you know they can see that you're genuine and you're honest with people that's that that's that's a form of networking so i i I can't say i mean everybody knows or most people would know whoever listening to this podcast will know you could go to um your networking events there's so many networking events you know there's football tournaments there's football games you know these are all networking hubs that you can go to but your friends is also a form of people that you can network with because there's i'm sure each one of us have friends that have certain social skills or certain um ability that can help us with whichever direction that we're planning to go but if you're not open-minded to sort of see that then you'll never know to network with your friend so I think you just got. I, I, I just. I, I. I'm. I'm a believer in, you know. Start with. Start with your direct community, and your direct. Your direct community right. may be, your family, your friends. Um. It may be. It may be those people before. Before you go out, it might. It may. If it's not those people, then yeah, maybe you need to go. Go out. Maybe you need to go to these networking events, whichever networking event there may be, that is in line with the direction that that individual wants to go. So, obviously, for myself, um, I I, I project lead this program, which is involved in sport, in sports. But everything I do is within sports because I'm also a sports therapist. So, if I'm going to network with these people, I'll always start with the people that's closely. Within my environment, whether that be the coaches, whether that be other people that I know, um, or you know, within the health profession, it might be other physios, physiotherapists, and and um, other sports therapists. Obviously, now we're all in a um, we're currently sitting in the pandemic where everyone is on lockdown, so most people can't go out. So the easiest form of networking would be social platforms. <laughs> right, <laughs> that would be that would be the easiest form of networking. So that's what I would say is you know start start with where you're at. So right now I'm at home, so I'm gonna network with people on my on my social platform because that's all I can do at the moment, right? So 
I just think that's where people should start from. Start with where you're at. Okay. And um, if there's one thing or anything that both of you guys would like to, you know, to say to encourage anyone that, you know, that is thinking of, you know, setting up a community project in this time, but, you know, they're, they're probably having doubts as to whether their idea, you know, will be successful in the way they want it to be. You know, what, what would you say to them to encourage them to actually go forth with it? Um, personally, I would say write down your ideas. Brainstorm all your ideas, write it down. That's the first and foremost thing you need to do. Um, even before you even start networking, you can't go to somebody with an idea if you haven't actually got like, even like a mock-up or even like a trial version of it. You can come, you can come with an idea, but there's so many people in this world that've got ideas. But if you've got something tangible, like a product or a service that you started up on a grassroots level, it's easier for you now to demonstrate and show people that this is what you've got. So the first thing I'll say to anybody, write something down, brainstorm the idea, do a trial version of it, and then start getting the conversation going by posting it up on social media, by speaking to people. That's the, I'll, I'll say those are the fundamentals to actually start anything. You've got to write something, you've got to jot everything down. Okay. So, so in other words, they shouldn't wait till you know everything's in place for it to be as perfect as they want it. They they should actually yeah. So they should from what you're saying, you know, not only write it down but actually have you know a prototype of some sort. Yes. Even if it's low quality, as long as you have something to yeah. show, just have something yes. to show. Hundred percent. Just 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 have something like just start where you're at. Like, you know, I mean, there 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 isn't there isn't a perfect plan. <laughs> Do you understand? There, 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 is, there isn't, there isn't <laughs> okay. a perfect plan. Your, your plan will always keep tweaking. I think we've tweaked um, so many things over the years in relation to STS Community Project on more than one occasion. I think what we're doing right now is, you know, it's a trial and error for us, but we're willing to do it. This was never in a plan podcast, but we're doing it. <laughs> Do you understand? So, like, I think there's no there's there's no perfect plan. So just start. Yeah, I, like exact. I agree hundred percent with what Chris is saying. Is just just start with where you're at. Start with where you're at, and um, I think networking is a is a it's a big thing. Like, speak to people. Speak to people who are starting up. People who are maybe um a further along the line in what they're doing. As people who you, as a person, may deem as they're already successful with what they're doing, do you understand? I I I believe we're still on a, on our journey. That's what I believe. I believe we're still on our journey, but I know that we're going to get there. I just I just don't have any doubt. <laughs> the only reason I know it is because we started. That's why I know it. <laughs> yeah, yeah simple started. as that, so really, isn't it? Because we started, I know we're going to get there. Um. So, yeah, so I just, yeah, just just start. Just jot it down, start. There's no perfect plan. And, yeah, just to, add to it, enough, yeah, just to start, and the reason why I was saying that brainstorm things and write things down is because once you start to do that, your mind will start to ask you questions. You will start to actually ask yourself questions. Right. So it makes it easier for you now to network with people and ask people the direct questions very specific questions to where you want to get to. 
that's why it's very vital that you write things down. One of the reasons why we was, me and Matthew found SDS Crew Project so easy to start off with, yes, we're immersed in it, you know, we've been doing it for X amount of years and all of that stuff, but we wrote down a business plan. We actually took our time and we've been tweaking this, this plan ever since. Even right now, it still gets tweaked. But you have to keep writing things down. You have to keep going back to your drawing board and you have to keep tweaking it, keep tweaking the prototype, keep tweaking it. And then through that, you you, you create a body of work. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. And is there anything else you'd like to add to that? So, I mean, so, I mean, th those are two, you know, brilliant pieces of advice in the sense that write down your ideas. And the reason why I like why you've explained it is because most people, when you say that, it's like, you know, everybody says write down your ideas. But, you know, that element that you added there, that when you write it down, you, it actually forces you to, you know, think of possible questions and, you, it, you know, it asks you to, actually find the answers to those questions, which would then, you know, push you further along in what you're doing, yes. you know, as well as, you know, starting where you are. Um, Matthew, is there anything else you would want to um, add or any other piece of advice I would want to give? I'm thinking, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of a piece of advice because you know where it is, because like, I've, I'm, I think why, why myself and Chris works and why, why it's, we do what we do is because we don't complicate it. <laughs> you know we don't we don't we don't yeah we don't we don't complicate it it's it's already a complicated um situation in terms of starting your own thing you know got different people doing similar stuff so you know sometimes you can get mm. hello can you hear me yeah so we so we don't we don't we yeah, don't complicate it so what, what we do is we yes we jot it down yes we write it yes we brainstorm it and everything, but we we adapt. We're adaptable. Do you understand? We're we're we're, we're very we're very adaptable. Okay. So, so we may have written something, and we know that you know the plan for this is to do this by you know um, in two months' time. But if the opportunity comes where we can do it the next day, or we have to do it in that hour, it gets done. <laughs> that, that, it gets done. Ah. That's it. Just that you have to be flexible. Yeah. So it's about being yeah. flexible, not just yeah. saying right. This is yeah, the plan. So stick to, stick to it. And I'll use, I'll and use this example right now. We're currently on our live. Most people would tell us, and I know people would tell us this, that you know you don't have enough people on your live to be able to do a live on your STS community project Instagram page. Why did you not give a promotion? We didn't have time to give promotion <laughs> because we didn't, we didn't have time to give promotion. But we're like, you know what? We this was this is gonna work. Let's go on our live. Let's do this. We literally spoke about this yesterday, and we're on our live, okay? And we've had many different people come on our live just hearing what we're saying, and we've told them that you know go on Insight with IO, and you'll be able to hear this podcast. But this is what we do. You just have to be able to be flexible because, the, as I said, there's just not a perfect plan. <laughs> there isn't a perfect plan. And if, if someone keeps waiting for that perfect plan, you're just going to wait. You, you just do the perfect waiting. That's what you'd be doing. You'd be waiting. <laughs> you understand? So, so, yeah, like, that's, 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 that's I like what that. I can add to it. This, it, it, it's, this thing is not... I'm not going to complicate. I'm not going to sit here and be like, this is what we're doing. This is how great. No, there isn't anything 
like wow that we're doing <laughs> do you understand there's no magic there's no magic there's no, magic. There's no thing all it is is you just got two guys do you understand they got you got two guys that are just willing to put in the work do you understand but are flexible enough to change when we need to that's it that's that's literally it perfect i think that's the perfect way to end um uh, guys, you you lot have been fantastic. Um, you've definitely given some beautiful pointers. I mean, what you just said now, you know, there's no perfect time. The only thing you can do is the perfect waiting. So yeah, if you're gonna do it, just do it. Yeah. Um, and one thing I always like to do on every um episode with every guest is before they leave, they have to give us an interesting fact about themselves that you know people would only know <laughs> of that fact if they listen to the podcast. So we can start with either one of you. <laughs> it, it can be as interesting as you want it to be. All right. So back in 2010, um, I went to Hong Kong and I lived a life as a Shaolin monk for a week. And at the end of it, before a week. That's an interesting fact there. Um, but no, jokes aside, I actually did that. And the reason why is because um, uh, I literally just got approached in my local market, issue market. And there was like some people, some TV people looking for people to do an obstacle course in Alsbury Estate, which is based in Southeast London. I literally went into the circuit training. I did, I, I passed the circuit training and they said, you know, because you've passed, you're not eligible to go to um, Hong Kong for seven days and live a life as a Shaolin monk. So I literally ate and slept and trained like a Shaolin monk. So I did all the martial arts. I did the Kung Fu. I, you know, I ran up um, a temple. I ran down a temple. I got like um, senseis kicking me in my stomach like 30, 40 times. So and then at the end of it, I had to basically wow. break a brick on bare hands and I did it. And what, you know, one thing I'll say I learned from it was that if you put your mind to something, what? you can always achieve it. If you have any ounce of doubt, then you can't actually accomplish what you want to accomplish in life. And I, I took that with me. And, um, you know, after that, this was, this was back in 2010, but after that, I've used that as a, as a, um, Maybe like a philosophy, if you want to say, in my life, the way I should mm. a life principle. Time yeah. I have any sort of doubt of, about anything, I always go back into my self belief. People can say God, people can say Allah, but you know, I believe that in us there's a spirit and there's an energy in us that we all hold, and once we tap into that, nobody can actually stop us from where we need to get to in life. Mm. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. My 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 mine is um 2016. I did a London bike ride, um, I, but but what what was significant about that that bike ride, which is kind of similar to what Chris was saying, because I learned a lot about myself in that bike ride, which was um, a fifty-six mile bike ride, and there was a period when you know I'm going up a hill, and I literally felt like I was going to give up because most people around me were giving up in that time. Do you understand? And I couldn't, you know, there's a lot of people around me at that time and people are like screaming. You can hear the crowd so like cheering you on and everything, but you can't hear nothing. Like literally, I couldn't hear nothing apart from me breathing. And you can hear that voice in your head basically telling you like, bro, just get off the bike and just walk. But I knew if I got off the bike, I'll never get on that bike again. Do you understand? I knew it. I knew that the moment I get off this bike, I won't get on that bike again. But, um, you know, I went through it. I think I kept pedaling, and you couldn't. I couldn't stop pedaling because if you stop pedaling, 
you have to get off the back. By this, by the way, this was this was mile. This was in mile forty-eight. So I'd already cycled forty-eight miles, and my legs were gone dead. <laughs> like couldn't feel, yeah, couldn't feel nothing at Eight all. Like, and I, imagine there's like thousands of people there. You can't hear nobody. All you're hearing is you breathing, right? Just stand. <laughs> that's all. That's all you're hearing. You're just hearing yourself <laughs> breathe. And that. But anyways, um, obviously, like went through it. But what it taught me, similar thing to what Chris just said right now. What it taught me is that, like. It, it it made me understand that I'm more powerful than I know. That's what, that's literally what it gave me. I was like, oh, raw, well, like you know, because it was mental, it was mentality. My men- my mentality was telling me that I'm not gonna give up. So what the, you asked me, like you know, with what we're doing with what STS Community Project, I said I know that we're going to get there, and the reason I'm so convinced about it is because we've started. I started that back back race, so I'm like, I knew I was gonna finish it the same way I know this is going to be successful. Like, literally, I don't believe anybody can even deter my mind away from it. Because I'm like, well, I've done it before, and that's just one of. So I'm just like, I'm just on another stage. And that's something that I think people can take away. It's not to, like, tell people, like, yeah, you know, I'm not trying to, like, give you this motivational speak or whatever. But for me, for me, that's what I learned. I just learned that I'm a lot more powerful than i thought i was and because i know that now i take that onto anything else that i do and i just apply that same mentality that i had on that hill when i was going to give up and i'm like i'm not even at the stage yet where i felt on the bike so i know i'm going to get there yeah perfect well gentlemen thank you for your time thanks for the insight I'm sure the listeners at home, you know, have something to take away. And, you know, all the best with STS. And Thank we'll you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. No problem.